Welcome to the Technicast, a podcasting community open to all arts and humanities researchers. Every month, we invite a different researcher to introduce their own project. In this episode, the artist Céline Gench discusses her art in relation to cartography. This is Céline Gench on Techni Podcast. Today, I will share some musings on my creative process with you, in particular looking at the artist as a cartographer. The music for this episode is composed and performed by Orestes Lepin. Through the expressive tools of language and visuality, I come closer to myself and to the world around me. Yet amidst the kaleidoscope of available images and ideas floating in my cognitive space, it is difficult to discern what it is that I want to pin down. Like a collector delicately preparing a butterfly for display, my task is tricky. A vast nature before me, I am set out to pluck a singular, infinitesimal insect to sever it from the fabric of its surroundings and to isolate it from this totality. Nature is an infinite sphere, whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere, Robert Smithson, the land artist, quotes Pascal the mathematician. Atoms Microcosms infinitely small cluster in multiple centers, such that the whole is an irregular shape that is more than the sum of its parts, a macrocosm infinitely large. My human experience of this nature, how I am situated in this web or crystal of relations, is also nebulous and stratified. In the expanse of networks we are situated in, it all seems so vast, yet so encapsulating. I oscillate between feeling agoraphobia and claustrophobia as my perception treads on the frontier between openness and closedness. Openness and closedness. In his lecture Multiplicity, the novelist and essayist Italo Calvino opines, the universe and the void often seem to mean the same thing. So I ask, is the cosmos expanding or contracting, evolving into complexity or disintegrating into entropy? Can a blueprint map its structure in stark objectivity, or is it composed of a concoction of vaporous gases, ephemeral and fluid, hallucinatory glimpses of unstable subjectivity? How to stabilize this vertigo is a major predicament I face as a creative. To reconcile, in varying degrees, the tension between exactitude and ambiguity, empirical data and coarse yet inventive human perception. It is at this point in creative decision-making that I find myself faltering. 
whether to find infinity in the microscopically minute, to find uniformity in the galactically illimitable, or conceive other combinations of boundlessness and confinement. Equal choices, all mere fractions of the entirety of possibilities, leave me petrified as I stare down a black hole, infinite and abyssal. is inclined to follow calculated, justified decisions. The world is made out of patterns, and whether visible or hidden, I seek to channel such order. I am driven by knowledge. As a result, I find free association intimidating. Being endowed with such freedom seems to be entangled in great responsibility in itself. I doubt my ability, with the limited sensory and cognitive capacities I have as a creature, to be able to discern even a single strand of exactitude, of objective truth. The inability to fathom the fragment, let alone the big picture. In my freedom, what choice am I to make? What image am I consigned to evoke? As Socrates famously said, I know that I know nothing. Such self-doubt stifles me, and I feel that my most earnest creative production is when I depict this very inability of knowing, the only thing I can truly know of. I am satisfied and feel consistent when my work is a testament to a limit, and thus a release of the overbearing responsibility. When I find myself once removed from such ungraspable reality, I work from a safe distance, looking at it as a predicament to study. Lately, I have been gravitated towards collage, as this medium fully affirms its own fragmented nature. In collage, representation is overtly constituted by relationalities, prone to fluctuations, each part replaceable to create another combination of possibilities. As the surrealist Max Ernst formulates in his statement titled, What is the Mechanism of Collage? The coupling of two realities, irreconcilable in appearance, upon a plane which apparently does not suit them. I am fascinated by maps, as they also strive to capture a reality, yet are condemned to present a partial truth. I see my creative work as analogous to cartography. 
First, I isolate the parcel of land I want to depict. Then, I settle on methodologies and limiting parameters by which I can operate from which a particular version of the terrain is extracted. It is perhaps this partiality that makes art interesting in its demonstration of a choice of negotiations between openness and closedness and of particularity in the expansive sea of multiplicity. One artist whom I believe to have been troubled by similar considerations, though in the medium of painting, is Mark Rothko. His colour field paintings stimulate that very feeling of vertigo. Across a Rothko, one becomes aware of, through encounter with deep and vivid sensory input, her own sensory perception, and consequently its shortcomings. This engulfing aura hints at the existence, with its overbearing infinity and weightlessness, of a total phenomenon, or as Valerie puts it, all of consciousness, relations, conditions, possibilities, impossibilities, while also leaving the subject minuscule, uncomprehending, and even claustrophobic before the sublime. Often two fields meet in these paintings, creating a horizon. Smithson writes of the paradoxical nature of horizons. Quite apathetically, it rests on the ground, devouring everything that looks like something. One is always, always crossing, crossing the horizon, yet it always, yet it always remains distant. In this line, where sky meets earth, objects cease to exist. It is closeness in openness. It is an enchanted region where down is up. In my art, I feel like I am walking on this tightrope of the horizon. One finger gesturing the heavens, the other downcast, anchored in earth. I would like to conclude with an excerpt from a short story called On Exactitude in Science, written by Jorge Luis Borges and translated into English by Andrew Hurley. In that empire, the art of cartography attained such perfection that the map of a single province occupied the entirety of a city, and the map of the empire the entirety of a province. In time, those unconscionable maps no longer satisfied, and the Cartographer's Guild struck a map of the Empire whose size was that of the Empire, and which coincided point for point with it. The following generations, who were not so fond of the study of cartography as their forebears had been, saw that the vast map was useless, and not without some pitilessness was it that they delivered it up to the inclemencies of sun and winters. In the deserts of the West, still today, there are tattered ruins of that map, inhabited by animals and beggars. In all the land, there is no other relic of the disciplines of geography.
Thank you so much, Selin. Um, so you say you're drawn to collage because of its inherently fragmented nature and each part is replaceable to create other possibilities. Yes. Is that how you work with collage? I suppose it also kind of applies to research and any kind of acquiring knowledge material in general. I find it very difficult to start off with a blank canvas and with collage because you have this material that you collect, um, maybe it's just fragments of images that you found somewhere or something that you have encountered that you feel like you can incorporate. I find it's similar to research when you're reading different things and you find these connections to find these visual connections between pieces that have compelled you. Maybe at first the connection isn't there when they're on your desk. And yeah, I find this to be a continuous process where I can feel connected to the world around me and bring it, bring it all together in you know, one fragment of an image. And you also say you're, you're driven by knowledge so that you find free association is intimidating. Yes, it's the similar idea of like the blank canvas and that being an intimidating sphere. It's these, you know, quotations, these different ideas that different theorists put forward that you then start to construct your own universe, that you find yourself related to these people, related to these ideas. It's almost as if, you know, other people who were like-minded have thought certain things before you and you are continuing that tradition. There's a new iteration of the already existing material that is compelling and that you can create a fresh breath or something new. You talk about the microscopically minute versus uniformity. Yes. At one point. Can you give us an example in one of your collages or one of your works where those two things are kind of working together? Yeah. Um, in 2018, I had these series that were comprised of charcoal drawings and um, monoprints. And in this series, I have one work that is called, I, I call surveys and scans. And it has one on top of another. One of them is from this burial ground, um, traces of archaeological remains. And below, um, it's images of the brain, brain scans. And there's like a visual comparison between the two to show how different forms, which are from different disciplines that are from different spheres of life, actually can replicate one another or have these similarities. One thing that really interests me is the way that you say you're very drawn to cartology in your work. Yes. And you talk about isolating a part of, I think, which, which I think is beautiful. You talk about isolating a parcel of land and then your collage is a kind of terrain. Yes. Um, which you can move things in and out of. Can you tell us a bit more about the, the idea of cartology in your work? I suppose it comes back to this question of there's so much material around us and we are immersed in this visual field. It is a bit about this process of translation, similar to cartography, where you have an expansive field. It is everything that you know of. It's, it's everything around you. And you are trying to translate this into one intelligible image. Finally, how has making the podcast helped you in your work? Um, working with Orestes, who did the music for the podcast, was a very um, 
special experience because this is the first time that I am working on a time-based work in a collaborative manner. And I think syncing up something that I've sat down to write with something that then translates to the soundscape and thinking about how music will basically interweave with this thing that I wrote on my own time and become something that is part of a two-people project was a valuable experience. Once again, thank you, Selin. Thank you for listening to the Technicast, and thanks also to Techne for their support. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share and rate us. If you'd like to submit your own podcast, please get in touch with us at technicaster at gmail.com. You can find out more about our upcoming themes on our website or in Techne's newsletter. We look forward to hearing from you. And join us again next time to discover another researcher's fascinating work.